Anyway, speaking, speaking, and they would be my television New Zealand cricket commentary team. My television New Zealand cricket commentary team, if I was running TVNZ, would be Ian Smith, Jeremy Coney, Garth Galloway, and then we'd choose a selection of players to work alongside of them. Speaking of which, Garth Galloway now joins us on the programme. G'day, Garth. God, I, I was just wondering to see if I was going to get the get the cut, uh, make the cut there. That's no, you made kind. you made the Thank cut. You. you made the cut. I like distinguished gentlemen. <laughs> I like storytellers. I like people who are eloquent, who can tell a story when things perhaps, you know, can, as they can sometimes in Test cricket, be a little mundane. Well, we had the right crew for it, didn't we? Uh, in, in, the, in the first Test, and uh, at Mount Monganui, and Coney and Smith and and Bracewell were. We're in very good form. Um, you know, I thought it was it was it was great radio. Yeah, I oh, know. I mean, Jeremy Coney, you can listen to all day, can't you? But you still got to have yeah. someone that steers that ship as well, Garth. Um, okay, so we got the second test against South Africa um, starting on Tuesday in Hamilton. I don't think anybody's expecting New Zealand to lose this test. In fact, there's probably one eye already on the Australian series. Um, yeah. What what should our expectations be? Um, look, I think another one-sided affair, really. I, I, I was very surprised. You know, I think when South Africa announced that they were sending this um, under-strength side over here because of the SA20s taking place at the same time, I, I thought we'd, we'd get a side out here with absolutely nothing to lose and that they would fight like crazy, as you'd pick from a South African team. Um, but I'm afraid we didn't see that. Uh, there, there was very little fight, indeed, from them. Um, I thought New Zealand played well, but but it's really not uh, not a great build up for Australia, and I think New Zealand would love something a bit tougher. So I really you know I really hope that South Africa turn up and, and show some fight. Um, they're, they're a very ordinary side, I'm afraid, and um, you know batting wise, uh, I thought they were incredibly disappointing. The bowlers tore it away. Uh, they're a bit under par in terms of, of, of pace, as are the New Zealand side. Uh, but 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 to come back to your question, what should we expect? Uh, I think New Zealand should win easily. Mm. I've been reading a few social um, media comments regarding Kane Williamson's back-to-back hundreds, and you know ESPN celebrate it and put it up, and it's predominantly the Australians and people who tend to say, "Oh, yeah, but it was against the South African C team or against the South African club side." Um, is there any merit in putting an asterisk next to those two hundreds? Well. Um it, I, I suppose that will always be the issue, and and uh, you know people, you know, if you looked at it and saw in, in twenty, thirty years' time that he did it against South Africa, and you didn't know the context of the game, you'd probably be saying, "Wow!" But I think uh, Kane would be the first person uh, to to admit that, that the attack was was not a strong one. Um, ha- having said that. He he was in a class of his own in the second innings. Uh, you know, I thought his second hundred was was nothing short of brilliant. Um, he scored a hundred in a session, uh, which is almost unheard of these days, and it, and it was a masterful performance. Uh, you know, I look back at those other four New Zealanders who have done it. Uh, Glenn Turner did it in 1974 at Lancaster Park when uh, New Zealand beat Australia for the first time. He did it against an attack with Jeff Dimmock, who was a respectable uh, left arm, you know, quick. Uh, he, he did it against um, uh, Ashley Mallett, Max Walker, and Greg Chappell. So, an average Australian attack, but in the context of the of the of the New Zealand cricket history, it was a vital innings. 
and New Zealand were chasing 250 in the fourth inning, so were three down for not many, and Turner, you know, just just batted all the way through. Then you look at Jeff Howe. He did it against an attack uh, with Ian Botham in it, Bob Willis, who took mm. uh, a huge number of wickets for England, uh, John Embry um, and John Lever. So, you know, a fine attack. Uh, you, you then have Andrew Jones, who does it against a pretty ordinary um, Sri Lankan attack at Hamilton. And, and the one that I think is really interesting is, is Peter Fulton, you know, averaged 25 for New Zealand um, and, and never really looked completely at home in Test cricket. And then at Eden Park, scored 100 in each innings against an attack, which uh, included Steve Finn, James Anderson, Stuart Borden, Monty Panesar. Um So for me, you know, the, no real comparison uh, to the innings of of, of Turner, Howarth and Fulton, uh, but nevertheless, you know, a notable achievement. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I, I just niggled back at a few of the Aussies who just love to seem to never give any New Zealander credit and sort of brought up Matthew Hayden's 380 against Zimbabwe back in 2003 because I don't <laughs> remember that Zimbabwean team being overly flash. I think Zimbabwean cricket was pretty much crumbling at that point. Yeah, I, I was actually thinking about it before I came on. You know, just trying to compare the South Africa, the South African side to some of the Zimbabwean sides that have come out here. They they were strong when they had um, you know Heath Streak Flower playing for yeah. them. Yeah, Andy Flower was a was was a Andy Flower averaged fifty in Test cricket, mm-hmm. which for a Zimbabwean player is a phenomenal achievement. Grant Flower also was a good player. You know, they had a chap called Housen who was a very respectable test cricket. They, you know, they did produce some reasonable sides um, over a period of time. And certainly I think uh, that some of the sides that have come out here would be stronger than that South African side. My impression was that, um, you know, one of a New Zealand first class side uh, would have given New Zealand a much better fight than uh, the South African team did. Mm, okay. Now, so within this current New Zealand setup, what players do you think still have a little bit to prove, or what 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 players need to use this next four or five days, or next three days, perhaps to yeah, just 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 tweak their game, find that continuity, find that consistency, take well, that game to that yeah, next level. Well, sure, you need to look no further than the opening than the opening batsman. Uh, Conway and Latham, you know these guys. They're, they're both very good Test cricketers and, and and established Test players. Latham's been around for a long time, but Conway's form um, is worrying really um, in, in all forms of the game. Um, he's a, a you know a terrific player. Uh, he came in in a barnstorming sort of way in all forms of the game for New Zealand once he qualified. Uh, he scored 122 on the 2nd of January in Karachi last year. And since then, he's played 14 test innings at an average of 23. And then if you if you look at this season, uh, when he's gone to Bangladesh in November, um, played a couple of tests against them, and then the first test against South Africa, he scored 77 runs at an average of 12. Um, Latham, in the same time, uh, has played 13 innings at an average of 24, so almost identical. And, and since Bangladesh, he's played in those three tests. Uh, Conway is averaging 12.8. Latham is averaging 12.3. Uh, so, you know, they are worrying statistics at the top of the order for New Zealand. And, of course, what that tends to mean when they're getting out early is that Williamson's getting in very early as well. So if New Zealand are to be competitive against Australia, uh, you know, I think that the, the openers have got to perform and it's a good opportunity for them uh, when the test starts in Hamilton on Tuesday to put a, put, put a reasonable innings together. 
you know, I think um, the rest of the batting, obviously, Williamson's fine. Uh, Ravindra, I'm going to be, you know, really interested to see how he backs up his 240. Again, uh, dropped before he got to 50, as was Williamson. And, gee, did they make those uh, South African bowlers pay for that. But Ravindra, was, it was a fine innings and a wonderful um, introduction, if you like, to test cricket and run scoring at that level. Uh, in Mitchell, you know, you would like to see him getting runs and, and, and having a good bat, but he's, he's standing down in this test because of an injury, uh, and that's regrettable. I presume Young will take his place. In, in terms of the bowling, well, well, the other thing I think is um, I didn't think Blundell kept particularly well during the test. Uh, he dropped a couple of catches, uh, dropped one off Santner that he should have taken, and so you know, we'll be. I'd like to keep keep an eye on his keeping. He, he sometimes seems to be a, a player who needs to be. Uh, out playing to get into form. Um, that, that sounds like. Um, who, who, who's the alternative? Oh, uh, I think they were talking when Blunder was injured about uh, Cam Fletcher from Auckland or Dylan Cleaver from Central Districts. Probably Cleaver would be the one who would get the nod. I'm not suggesting for a moment that Blundell shouldn't be playing. Um, you know, he, he, his record is very good, but but I do think that he kept. Um, you, you know, he's he's got a bit of work to do. I also thought that the New Zealand slips at times were standing too deep and catches were dropping in front of them. Blundell's the person who's got to set that and get it right. Uh, and then if you if you look at the bowling um, again against Australia, I, I think the thing that that we should worry about is a lack of pace. Uh, Jameson bowled well, and I think it was a promising start. He looked to be bowling within himself, and I hope that he was, uh, because his pace was down. He was bowling sort of between 128 and 133 k's an hour, and he has previously bowled up over 140. So, and the difference mark between that 130 to 140 in terms of the ball, the person who's facing it, is is very marked. It's significant. So Jameson needs to, to to try and we need to see some pace from him against Australia. Southie's down as, as as everyone's talked about. I thought he bowled pretty accurately though, uh, and but the real uh, you know Henry was okay um, again only bowling one thirty three one thirty four but he's probably almost the first pick of the bowlers now. Um, the, the the disappointment for me, even though he took six wickets, was Santner. And you heard going into the test that Gary Stead, the New Zealand coach, has said he's the best spinner in New Zealand. Uh, I disagree with that. I think Ajaz Patel is the best test spinner in New Zealand, but he's not been given opportunities. And he's currently not playing, you know, long version of the game. He's playing one-day cricket. He's come out of the 20, you know, the, the, mm. the Dream 11 Super Smash. So, um, and, and the fact that they, they they have treated him so poorly over such a long period of time means that you know when he does get a go, uh, he, he's coming out of a completely inappropriate sort of build-up. Mm. Satner ha- had a real opportunity here. He, he did take six wickets, which uh, by his standards is a very good return. He's he's got his average under 40 for the first time in his career, uh, but he but but he's still to me uh, n- not bowling like a Test match spinner. I thought he was far too defensive. Uh, far too many deliveries drifting into the pads, you know, that, that negative line that New Zealand spinners tend to bowl. Uh, I thought when he did pitch the ball up and flight it uh, and land it on, on middle and off, looking to bring the outside edge in and, and, and you know, take wickets by by, by stumping, speaking people in the air, um, being caught in the slips and caught behind and so on. I thought he bowled beautifully at times. But it was, you know, too few and far between. We didn't see enough of it, and he tended just to revert to sliding the ball into the pads too often. So uh, that that really worries me. Um, I, I don't know why uh, why it happens. Um, it just seems to me 
that, that when he pitches the ball up and turns it away from the edge, he's a very different bowler. His control's good, but he seems to be reluctant to do it. Neil Wagner, any room for him? Probably in the series against Australia, is he going to play a part? Um, I well, look, I, I you know I hate to be critical, but 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 I hope not. Um, and again, I I just think the strategy is is negative now and and not really a way for New Zealand to advance its game. Uh, I was doing uh, some an interview with John Bracewell or, or commentating with John rather, and and we talked about uh, Wagner's future. Um, we we thought that he might have played his last test for New Zealand. He was very disappointed not to be picked at Mount Monganui. Um, he has been a magnificent cricketer for New Zealand, and let's not ever forget that. He, he you know, he is the most wholehearted effort person uh, you could ever wish to have in a team. But I felt, you know, when he bowled against England um, last season, uh, his pace was well down, really. And while New Zealand won that last test against them, um, I, just, I felt England threw the test away. They were trying to be muscular against short pitch bowling and, and say, don't bowl to me there. If you do, I'm going to smash you. They played some very poor shots and got out. So um, I, th- I thought it was flattering to New Zealand that win. So, yeah, for me, um, I, I don't think I would. I, I can't see how you can continue to involve a Wagner if you're going to progress as a side. Uh, I think O'Rourke will play in Hamilton. I, I sincerely hope that he does. Uh, he's obviously they they, they place great uh, stead in him, and he you know he is a player who can bowl in excess of 140 k's an hour. And New Zealand have to develop players like that. You know when they play against Australia, they will place uh, Stark, who can get up to around 140, Cummins and Hazelwood, who are you know 140 plus at times. And, and, of course, Nathan Lyon. And it's going to be a very stern challenge. And I'm afraid at the moment New Zealand just does not seem to have um, anything by way of pace. Mm, 16 and a half minutes after two. Garth Galloway, my guest on the programme. Garth, just talking about the Australian pace attack, um, how effective will they be on New Zealand wickets? Uh, well, Wellington and Christchurch, uh, I, I'd, I'd pick that they'll be okay. Those pitches can seem around a little bit. We saw Australia playing uh, in Christchurch during McCullum's last test down here where he scored the fastest 100 against them. Uh, they were, and I'm just trying to think of the attack that day, Hazelwood was there, I'm sure, was at Patterson and Bird, I think. And all of them uh, moved, nibbled the ball around a little bit off the pitch. There was a little bit of swing movement for them as well. Um, I think they'll be effective. And, and I think the same at the Basin Reserve. Obviously, it depends if they're bowling first, you know, with the, with the best use of the pitch and a little bit of grass and so on on it. But but I think just at the pace that they, they bowl at, you, you just see test players. And we saw it uh, with uh, Shamar Joseph, the West Indian. As soon as bowlers are getting up around 145, it's, a, it's just such a different equation for the batsman. And sometimes even if the pitches are... You, you know, reasonably docile. At, at that pace, they can still cause problems and surprise. So, you know, New Zealand are going to have a real challenge on their hands. Um, I, I we talked again about whether New Zealand could beat Australia. I, I just can't see it. Um, that's not to say that it won't happen. Uh, but you know, without a an absolutely top class spin bowler and those pitches in Wellington and Christchurch are traditionally not particularly helpful for the spin bowlers, Mark. But Lyon will play, and I have no doubt that he will play a significant role for Australia in this series. 
we don't have an equivalent. And as I say, from what we've seen uh, so far, uh, we have uh, a bowling attack where the bowlers are bowling uh, 10 to 15 k slower than the Australians. Garth Galloway, appreciate your time on the programme this afternoon. Thank you. Lovely to talk to you, Mark. Cheers.